0: Peregbey's Mishnah Aleph. The Mesahta opened with a list of fifteen cases in which the law of Tsaras Erva would apply. That is, fifteen ways to construct the situation in which you have a brother, for example, Ruvain, who is married to two women. One of Ruvain's wives is forbidden as an erva to Shimon, meaning she is prohibited to Shimon for an additional reason other than the fact that she is his brother's wife. Ruvain's other wife is not related to Shimon where if Reuven were to die without children, which would cause his widows to fall for yibum consideration to Shimon, the halacha says that not only is the erva widow, the erva is a close kinship with Shimon, let's say she's his daughter, not only is she obviously exempt from any mitzvah of yibum, but so is her co-wife. The other widow, too, is totally exempt from yibum or halitza. In virtue of the fact that, she fell for Yibam consideration to Shimon, along with a woman who is Erva to Shimon. The Erva, so to speak, spreads her Ervaness to the co-wife that she fell in Yibam together with. And the Mishnah added that this could continue even further. Let's say we had another brother, Levi, who was previously married, and he's not related to either of Ruvain's wives. Upon Ruvain's death, Levi goes and performs the Yibam, marries the widow who is not Erva to Shimon. And then Levi himself dies without children. So now, the Tsara Serva, who originally fell to Shimon Yibum previously, plus her Tsara, the Tsara Serva, this woman that Levi was previously married to, now fall for even consideration to Shimon. The halachi is first of all, the widow who was once married to Ruvain is exempt from Yibam or Khalitsa from Shimon due to the history that she became Irvaized by that original widow that fell in Yvim in the previous event. And thus we have an erva eyes the widow who is rejected from Yebim to Shimon. She now spreads her ervaness to her co-wife, this woman that Levi was previously married to, she too is exempt from Yebim Khalitza. And you could rinse and repeat, you could add more brothers to repeat the same scenario. The same result would apply over and over So the Arab exempts her co-wife, who exempts her co-wife, who exempts her co-wife, etc. ad infinitum. Now one of these 15 women we could use to construct this case was the Aishas Achif Shalohaya Be'olama. The translation is, the wife of a brother with whom this man never coexisted with. Our subject and the late husband of this woman were never alive at the same time. So why is that significant? Well, it's because the passage in Kisitse that teaches the mitzvah of Yibam describes the case of Yibum as Ki If there were two brothers who did live at the same time, and then one of them died without children, he left the widow, then there is a mitzvah on the surviving brother to be miyabim, the widow of his late brother, to hopefully have a child and thereby keep the name of his deceased brother alive. And if he doesn't want to do yibum, then he has to release her through Chalitza. So we see that the Pasik stipulates that the mitzvah of only applies where the lives of the two brothers in question, the deceased and then the surviving one, overlapped. Another crucial point to review is that whenever we have a situation in which for some reason the mitzvah of doesn't apply, that it's more than just uh, there is no obligation. If the widow comes up for yibum consideration and she is rejected from that mitzvah, And she forever becomes erva to the surviving brother. She now, to him, is considered a forbidden type of eshesach. Of course, the normal halacha is that a man's brother's wife is forbidden to him, even if his brother dies or divorces her. If the basic conditions of yibam are present, but the yivam is ultimately rejected from the yavam, she then permanently becomes erva to the yavam, such that even if down the road there's like a new yibum situation, she falls for even consideration, then again, for the possibility of Yibam, she will be rejected, there will be no mitzvah of Yibam. On the contrary, it will be prohibited, it will be an a prohibition for him to be intimate with her. So the first mission of the Masechta said that we can use this point, that yibum only applies, in the case of brothers whose lives overlapped, to create another scenario of tsara's erva. So our Mishnah elaborates, or gets into the specifics, and asks. Kate said, Aisha zachav shelo ba'lama." How exactly do we construct a case of tsaras Serva using this halacha we mentioned that there's only mitzvah where the lives of the two brothers overlapped? So between this and the next Mishnah, the Mishnah is first going to describe a case where all opinions agree that the law of tsaras Serva would be applicable. This would be an example of what the first mission meant when it said that uh, you could have Tsar Sarva of Esha Sakhov lamo. The next mission will present a case where the details are a little bit different in terms of the order of events. In that case, the question of whether the law of it tsar serva of shalloh lamo applies will be the subject of a dispute between the Rabbanan and Rabbi Shemin. So we we'll begin with the uncontroversial case, and that is as follows. So we have Shnei Achim, where two brothers, Reuven and Shimon. Reuven and Shimon were both alive at the same time. Mehem, One of them died, so let's say Reuven died without any children. And thus Reuven's widow uh, fell, for even consideration, to Shimon. But then, before Shimon acted, a new brother was born, Levi was born. And so the lives of Levi and Shimon overlap, but not the lives of Levi and Reuven. And what situation was Levi born into? A situation of Reuven's widow awaiting Yibammer Chalitza. So Levi's also a surviving brother. Is there a possibility of Yibammer Chalitza between him and Reuven's widow? The clear answer is no. For Levi and Reuven are not Achim Yachtov. At the moment of Reuven's death, Levi wasn't yet alive. So Reuven's widow was rejected from Levi. That the word rejection is very important because there was a rejection for Yibim eligibility to Levi. That means that Ruvain's widow will forever be deemed a forbidden Erevit to Levi. She will never again be eligible for Yibim from Levi, even if in the future she falls in Yibim from a different brother, from Shimon. What happened next? Shimon that fulfilled his mitzvah was Miyabe, Ruvain's widow. Now, Shimon had his own wife, besides, that he had previously married, Vameis. And then you guessed that Shimon himself died without any children, leaving his surviving brother, Levi. So that now, Shimon's widows, both the one that used to be married to Ruvain, plus the woman who was only married to Shimon, fall for even consideration to Levi. According to all opinions, the Allah in this case is, the Harishonah, Yotzeh, Shalohaya, the woman who was once married to Ruvain and was subsequently taken to Yibum by Shimon is rejected from Yibum consideration from Levi based on the prior event. Namely, that upon Levi's birth, she had been awaiting Yibum based on her husband Ruvain's death at that time, and she had been rejected from Levi based on the fact that Levi and Ruvain are not Achim Yachdav. They weren't alive in the world at the same time. Shimon's other widow is never married to Ruvain, is also completely exempt from Yibam from Levi because of the fact that she fell for Yebum consideration to Levi along with a woman who is erva to Levi. Although the Misha doesn't specifically address this, let's ourselves consider how we would rule in a slightly different case. Namely, what if the case was exactly as the Misha described here, except that Shimon never had an opportunity to be Miyabe Ruvain's widow. For Shimon himself passed away before he had any such opportunity. How would we rule in that case? So clearly the law as far as Ruvain's widow would be exactly the same. She obviously remains a rejected from any Yibam eligibility from Levi. But what about Shimon's widow? Shimon's widow is not a widow of a brother who is not contemporaneous with Levi. Levi and Shimon's lives did overlap. Nor is Shimon's widow, in this case, a person who fell for Yibam consideration along with the woman who is Erva to Levi. For Reuven's widow, who is the Erva to Levi, never became part of the same household as Shimon's widow. Shimon never was Miyabeim, Reuven's widow, in the case we're now considering. So the halacha in such a case would be that there's no Yibam whatsoever between Reuven's widow and Levi, but there would be a mitzvah of Yibam between Levi and, Levi and Shimon's widow. Why not? The Mishnah now mentions a case that we could say is in between the case discussed by our Mishnah and the hypothetical case I just mentioned. And that is, that what if before his death, Shimon merely began the process of Yibam? Specifically, he was Asa B'Mimer. Shimon performed the Mitzvah of Mimer, which is the Rabbanan instituted, although the actual Mitzvah of Yibam consists of the Yavam living Intimately with the avama, the act of Bia. The rabbanan said that in practice it's not appropriate to go right to that act. It's proper that they should first perform a kind of act of kiddushin. It's the same way that in a conventional marriage, the marriage is not affected through the act of intimacy. But first it starts with kiddushin, in which uh, typically he gives her a ring, says a to bazu, and she is designated to him. And then they proceed with the chuppah. And after going through those steps, then they join together as husband and wife. So the said we should do an equivalent thing when it comes to Yibam. And before they go to the actual Yibam act, he should first perform maimra, meaning, for example, give her kesef or a document that too formally says, designating you as my Yavama, we're going to proceed with the mitzvah of Yibam. So Shimon managed to go through that, Vameis, but then he died before he could Perform the actual biblical mitzvah of Yibam, which means that as of Shimon's death, he was rabbinically married to Ruvain's widow, which in turn means that Shimon's own widow became the rabbinic co-wife of a woman, Ruvain's widow, who is erva to Levi. In this case, the Mishnah says the halacha is hashnia chalatzes velomis yavemes. Levi should release Shimon's widow through Halitza so that she can marry somebody else, but Levi may not perform the mitzvah of Yibam itself. We do not just allow Shimon's widow to go and marry a different man because from the biblical perspective, she is bound in Yibam to Levi. For as far as the Torah is concerned, Shimon never at all married Reuven's widow, which means that Shimon's widow never got caught up in this whole issue of... This point that yibum only applies to contemporaneous brothers, and so if there is no such exemption, that means she's bound to Levi. She's not allowed to marry somebody else without yibum or chalitza. So Levi does give her chalitza. At the same time, we don't allow Levi to actually go through the yibum because of the rabbinic perspective. That is, that based on the fact that Shimon performed this rabbinic marriage of yibum of Mimer, now Isa the, the rabbanon, Shimon's widow became the co-wife of a woman, Rubain's widow, who is Ervat Levi. And so on the Rabbinic level, Yibum is forbidden in this case. On the Rabbinic level, Shimon's widow is considered a Tsarashak, Shlovaya Belamo. And therefore, in practice, we don't allow Levi to form yibum with Shimon's widow. The next mission will present a scenario where the Tanayim will argue about whether the Concept of tsaras, e shesach, e applies.